Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's hour three. We always get a little weird, get a little crazy. Carter Bryant will come on. He's always weird and crazy. We'll do that in just a second. Plus, my post-practice post-training camp as it's in the book for the Saints. Conversation with Bobby Hebert at the bottom of the hour. It's a good one about roster cutdowns, about this game against the Jets, struggles in the red zone, lots more. That'll be coming your way at about 10.30. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll at WWL.com and the Radio.com app. Which of these receivers is least likely to make the Saints roster? And all of them can't. One or two of these guys at least is not going to make the roster. So which one is least likely to make the roster? Austin Carr. Keith Kirkwood, Emmanuel Butler, L.J. Humphrey. Out of those four, who's least likely to make it? You tell us. And right now at WWL.com and the Radio.com app, L.J. Humphrey leading the way, 67% of the vote. Austin Carr, surprisingly to me, second, especially after the comments from Drew Brees yesterday. We'll get to your calls and your texts as the hour goes along. Again, if you missed it earlier tonight, the Louisiana team from River Ridge in the Little League World Series they 10-run shutouts, their counterparts from Virginia, the Southeast team, and they advance on to the United States Championship. That'll be Saturday at 2.30. River Ridge is two wins away from a world championship. Reese Roussel hit a grand slam today. I believe he is 12 of 14 or 12 of 15 from the plate in this Little League World Series. It's incredible. Paul Maneri, uh, pay attention, right, <laughs> over at LSU. Let's bring on in, as promised, Carter Bryant. Carter the Power on Twitter. Uh, radio host in South Arkansas on 1400 AM and 100.7 FM in um, El Dorado, as we, of course, uh, uh, said last week doing our pronunciation segment, I guess. Carter, what's going on? Seth, man, that was such a great poll. Now, I've, I've been discussing so much about which of the Saints receivers are going to make it and, and are not going to make it. You know, you know, it's interesting. Man, I think about Traquan Smith all the time like way more than I should because I'm trying to decide if he's actually good or not. And because the Saints have all these young receivers, you know, LJ Humphrey and Cyril Grayson Jr. And Austin Carr is another great player. And Trey Quan Smith and both preseason games have been kind of rough for him. So it's a, this is a big year for the former second round pick, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. How would you answer that poll, Carter? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because each of those guys do different things well. Um, you know, with, with Grayson, I mean, you get so much out of him as a, as a kick returner. But that reception for a touchdown, I know not to take too much away from a preseason game, but that play against the Vikings from, from L.J. Humphrey was pretty special. But to catch the football, avoid tackles, and get into the end zone. And then you hear Drew Brees talk about Austin Carr. He had a great game at the long touchdown against the Chargers. So um, the one thing that, that really pulls in my heart is that we, we know Trayvon Durant probably not going to make it, or he might have been cut today. I don't, I don't know, and I, I loved him at LSU. I loved uh, his Popeye's jokes he would always share with the media. So I, as of right now, I would I would guess Kirkwood would make it, Smith, 
Uh, obviously, Dan and Thomas, and I'm going to go with Cars at fifth receiver right now. Yeah, you and I are on the same page. And then, of course, you have the receiver, but more of a returner in Deontay Harris. It's it's always tough this right. time of the year projecting this. And every year there are two or three cuts we didn't see coming, two or three guys, Carter, that are on rosters, Saints rosters we didn't see coming um, oppositely. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that with Drew Brees, obviously Michael Thomas is special. He's a difference maker. And Ted getting speed is, is necessary. But you need to find guys that work the best with Drew because, you know, he can make any receiver look great. So part of it is just a continuity. It's just finding the guys you want and sticking with them so they can develop that chemistry. Carter, and by the way, Traven Drow's still on the roster. I had to, you, you, you gave me a little scare there. I'm like, did he get released all the oh, way? No, right? <laughs> no, he was today. I just saw a tweet from Mike Triplett earlier today that said uh, he was battling with uh, Patrick Robinson, the Saints cornerback, and they wrestled a ball okay. with each other, and uh, Robinson took it away there. Um, as all the expectations so high, we know that with the Saints, all time high, maybe with what's happened the last couple of years. Are, the only part that I am worried about, not not a no call hangover or a hangover from the last couple of years, it's just the depth of the NFC. And, and sometimes I feel like Carter, we are so in the bubble. It's a phrase I use a lot on this show. We're so in the bubble that maybe we're unable to see just how darn good the rest of this conference is. I mean, the Saints could be good, but everybody else could be just as good in the conference, and all of a sudden the Saints are winning you know, 9-10 games, either barely making the playoffs or not making the playoffs. I think that, not that I'm predicting that, but that's a possibility, right? Yeah, and that's why I have them as a 10-win team, and I, I've been getting destroyed on YouTube by, by saying, well, they're, they're not going to win 11 or 12, and they obviously have the potential to do so. But I, I think people need to realize how many bad injuries the Falcons had last year. Like, their defense disintegrated when they lost Neal and they lost Debo Jones. Like, it was, it was nothing. They had no good coverage guys, and those guys are healthy now. And then, obviously, the Panthers are healthy again. Now, Cam Newton had the, the foot injury tonight, but I don't think that's going to be too big of a deal. Nevertheless, the Panthers have a really, really good defense. And keep in mind, you know, the Buccaneers have always given the Saints trouble, even though they've, they've not been that great. The Buccaneers get a huge upgrade at head coach with Bruce Arians. They made some good moves this offseason to the defense. So they're going to be better. So it's not so much the Saints getting worse. It's just – I think the NFC South, as great as they've been, it's going to be even better next year. Yeah, I'm with you. We're talking to Carter Bryant at Carter the Power on Twitter. We go from the NFL to college football. And, Carter, a topic that you and I have discussed, boy, I want to say almost every time we talk college football, the scheduling imbalance across the country. I had a conversation with Tim Brando, national sports commentator and play-by-play voice for Fox Sports yesterday. This is what he said about Alabama's schedule. Pathetic, embarrassing, and I think most non-Alabama homers see it that way. Not that Alabama isn't good. And and look, to give you the full context, everybody who's listening of Brando's comments, right after that, and I have this online, he said, look, Alabama's the greatest program on the planet. Saban is the best coach in college football history. Gave them a lot of credit. But Carter, I know I agree with that. Do you? You know, me and Timmy B don't agree on a lot of stuff. I fully agree with him there but and this is key that there is an extra layer of, of background and context to that nick saban a few years ago um at, at the sec meetings in destin uh they actually voted they, they let the coaches give their opinion on moving from an eight game conference schedule to a nine game conference schedule 
13 coaches, Seth, 13 coaches said, I want to keep an eight-game conference schedule. The only person that wanted a nine-game conference schedule was Nick Saban. He was the only one of the coaches that voted in favor of it. And at the time, he wanted to change it because he thought SEC resumes wouldn't be strong enough for the college football playoff. He thought that would bolster the SEC's room for error in getting into the playoff. That's why he did it at the time. What's actually happened is the exact opposite, that the eight-game conference schedule in the mind of the college football playoff set is enough. The eight-game conference schedule is more than enough. And when uh, when when SEC commissioner, what's his name? Uh, Sankey. Greg Sankey. Yeah. Greg Sankey. Well, when he's been interviewed about this, he says it's nothing about fairness. He says, why would we change something that gets our teams into the playoff every year? So basically, the SEC stance on this set is, well, we're getting a huge advantage for having to play one less conference game per year, and that's helping us out big time. Well, that's not the right kind of logic you need to have right there because it is unfair. Even if you think the SEC is the best conference in America, which I do think it is, it is unfair that they have to play eight conference games and everyone else has to play one extra conference game, including the Big 12, which is also a good conference, not as good as the SEC, but they have to play nine conference games a year and challenge themselves in the non-conference. And for Alabama's standpoint, in their defense, non-conference teams are scared to play Bama. Florida State, we saw what happened a few years ago. They were the number three team in the country. Alabama beat them down. They knocked their quarterback out. That season was awful. Jimbo Fisher out the door, all just from that one game. So I see why non-conference teams don't want to play them. Seth, this is what needs to happen. I know it's a little bit of a ramble here. But Auburn fans, Georgia fans, LSU fans, and Florida fans need to step up and say, listen, it's unfair with not only the eight-game conference schedule, but the stupid cross-division rivalry that those four teams have to play each other every year. Georgia and Alabama have to play each other. I mean, Georgia and Auburn have to play each other every year. Florida and LSU have to play each other every year. It is unfair that those great programs that have been great for over a decade now consistently have to play each other every year. And Alabama gets to beat down on Tennessee each and every season. That right there is totally unfair. And it is it's appalling that people out there think this is a right way set to, to run a conference. It's crazy to me. Yeah, and, and if we get past, in my mind, just the fair, unfair debate, let's just let's take that out of it, fair or unfair. And Tim Brando agreed with me on this yesterday, too, that the SEC is going to do what's best for their conference. The ACC, which also has an eight-game schedule, the two conferences, they're going to do what's best for their conference and their powerhouse in Clemson. So John Swafford, the ACC commissioner, or Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, they have no incentive to change this. Right. The powers in the NCAA have to look across the landscape of college football, and Tim goes coast to coast every week to seeing this, and he sees the same thing I'm seeing. A huge relevancy crisis in college football outside of you know the Sun Belt area, the SEC and kind of uh, the Carolinas down to Florida. Outside of that region, Carter? Nobody at this point relatively cares about college football. If they want this sport to continue to grow and develop and and be the you know the second greatest sport in America, they got to fix this because I, I see this train wreck coming, man, and I think it's coming fast. Yeah, and especially with the uber competitive content society that we live in now, you know, I I think 
if we still see the same teams in the playoff every year and these teams are from obviously the southeastern part of the country, whether it's Clemson and Alabama and you know, or, or traditional power like Notre Dame or Ohio State, if we keep seeing the same teams, people are going to become disinterested. You know, trust me, the NBA is thrilled that they're going to have some new blood and new teams and a lot more parity next year. College football, I mean, it's just so hard to predict a final or a playoff that doesn't have Alabama and Clemson in it. And college football is supposed to be this wacky sport full of mischief and upsets and craziness. And right now it is anything else other than that. So, you know, it's crazy to me, Seth, that college football is the one sport where every year the schedule is basically the same. You go by the, the same schedule format. You play a non-conference game here. You play this team here and this team. It, it's just nuts. And I think it needs serious schedule reform. I, I know I'm really passionate about this, but it's true. The schedule is everything. And if you're an LSU fan and you see the schedule that you're having to face and then you have to see what Alabama's having to face, yeah, they beat you down every year. Yeah, they're probably a way better program than you are. It doesn't help that they also have that huge scheduling advantage, and that's just that's not cool under any circumstance. Yeah, shameless, shameless, shameless. Pardon me. Plug here. Go check out my article right now online. I have Tim Brando's comments about Alabama's schedule and how it's again embarrassing and pathetic. His words uh, in his mind. We're talking to Carter Bryant, radio host on 107.1 FM and 1400 AM in South Arkansas. He's a stand-up comic. He also works for Chat Sports. And your latest video, I believe, today was on the Pelicans, Carter, and you talked about the expectations, which player uh, might be a breakout star. Uh, what are your expectations for this team this year? Man, you know, I, I'm getting destroyed for saying the Pelicans are not going to be a playoff team next year. Said that the Western Conference is just so, so stacked. Like, it's hard for me to see a scenario where New Orleans just jumps all these great teams that are in the West, a lot of which got better. You know, there's only one playoff team set that didn't get significantly better this offseason, and that was Oklahoma City. And they lost their player to another great team in the Western Conference. So as far as that is concerned, the Pelicans didn't get a whole lot of good luck there. But overall, you know, I, I, this was the most controversial thing. I, I had to put the players in tiers, tier one, tier two, tier three. And early on in the season, I put Zion Williamson as a tier two player on the Pelicans roster because it's going to take him a little while to figure out what his exact role is going to be on the team next year. So he's the most high player in Pelicans history, even more so than Anthony Davis. We just have to be patient to let him develop and find his own game in the NBA. Go follow Carter Bryant on Twitter at Carter the Power and subscribe to his YouTube channel, the Chat Sports YouTube channel. And Carter, uh, also a stand-up comedy. Got any shows coming up, man? Dude, I'm competing for $2,000 tomorrow night, man. It's oh, crazy. Nice. They, they, dude, it's it's nuts. I'm on a lineup with comedians that are way, way better than me. Okay, I'll put it this way. If I win this contest, it's a Villanova-Georgetown-level upset. <laughs> I mean, we're, talk, we're talking people that have been touring for – you know, it's, I'm, I'm not going up against Dave Chappelle or, or Ali Wong or anyone like that, but, I mean – they're, they're really good pros. They've opened up for, you know, Larry the Cable guys and other world. So we'll see what happens, man, up in Fayetteville, Arkansas, the home of the Hogs, and uh, we'll see what happens. And I, I'm just going to go up there and do Wilmer Valderrama one-liner Yo Mama jokes, and we'll see what happens. Okay, well, where's it at in Fayetteville in case we got the audience members who want to go check that out? Yeah, it's in uh, the Grove. 
it, it's a really nice comedy club up there, and I can give them some free passes and all that stuff. Just uh, hit me up on social media, at Call of the Power. And I, I'll put it this way, Seth. You've been a friend of mine for, for so long. If I win this $2,000, I'm taking you to Commander's Palace and on oh. me. Okay. Well, I'm I'm fully. I was already full on on your side in this, but now I'm even more so. I'm going to send some people your way. Carter Brian at Carter the Power on Twitter. Give him a follow there. Asking for those passes, Carter. Appreciate it, man. Anytime. All right. There he goes. We will take a break. When we come back, I had a conversation earlier today with Bobby Abear about Saints camp. This game coming up with the Jets and cutdowns. Stick around for that. Plus your phone calls next on the Last Lap. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.